What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Dad Needs to Talk. I'm your host, Robert, and today I'm going to be gonna be discussing some games and manga I've been playing and reading this weekend, so let's jump into it. Alright y'all, so let's jump into it. Talk about some games and manga. Um, I guess I'll go and say up front, whenever I do get to talking about the manga in a bit, um, I will do my best to try to give spoiler warnings, especially for a certain series that I'm reading. Um, you know, just you know, don't want to catch nobody off guard and hear something that you don't want to hear about or know about, especially if you're still watching the anime and stuff. But, we'll get to that later on. Um, start talking about some games. So... The main game that kind of has my attention right now is a little game that's on Steam called Loop Hero. So, a little background for a lot of people, you know, those that don't know me. I'm primarily a console gamer. You know, don't really have nothing against PC games, but, you know, that's just what I've always grown up around. Never really grew up with a capable PC or computer to play games on. So, you know, mainly stuck to my handhelds and playing on my systems, but I guess that's a big case for speaking of how much this game got my attention because it got me to drag out my laptop that I touch maybe a couple times a year, get it updated, get it updated, and get Loop Hero installed on it. Um, Yeah, the game's been fun, so just, just a little background on it, so think this game has only been out for maybe a couple of weeks um like i said it's on steam about 15 dollars um i first heard about it on several podcasts i've you know listened to and watch and it's definitely a game that is hard to describe but the premise of it and the way people were talking about it something about it just you know sounded fascinating to me so ended up checking out some videos and stuff and was watching a uh quick look from giant bombs youtube channel and something about it it just automatically you know is you know firing on all cylinders on some part of my brain so i was like you know what let's try it out so the premise of the game you play as a hero going in a loop so every time you start the game it basically auto-generates this track or path that you follow. And so your character will walk along the path automatically. You know, you're not doing anything like that. What your role is, is as you're traveling on the track, different monsters and creatures are spawning on it. And as you engage in combat with them, which is also automatic, the creatures and stuff are dropping weapons, armor, and these, I guess you can call them like environment cards. So you'll place these cards on the, on your play field and that'll tra- change the terrain, change different types of creatures and enemies that are spawning, 
you're getting all types of bonuses and buffs and like I said, armor and stuff. And so basically your job is to kind of just manage that. So as your character's going around this loop, you're just kind of keeping an eye on your new gear that's coming in, equipping new stuff and kind of going from there. And yeah, like I said, it's definitely a tough game to try to describe. It's definitely something that you have to see to kind of get a better understanding and feel for it. But, um, but yeah, the game has its hooks in me. I've put in maybe like six or so hours, uh, uh, on it over the last day or so. Really fun. Um, ended up, you know, initially just down, downloading a demo when I found out that there was a demo for it for me to try. And after playing it for a little bit, I was like, okay, cool. I'm sold. Bought it immediately and just kind of dove in. Um, so yeah, so like I said, the, the game is called Loop Hero. It's on Steam, 15 bucks. Yeah, definitely, you know, if, if any of what I said sounds interesting or anything like that, check it out. Um, cause yeah, it, it definitely has this, you know, hooks. I mean, if, if I'm not playing it currently, I'm, you know, I'm watching other streams and stuff, learning different strategies and different things about the game. So it, it's definitely a game that's built around experimentation, trial and error, because, you know, you put certain things in the environment next to each other, they might, you know, affect each other. They might you know, spawn new resources, different types of equipment and things of that nature. So, um, so yeah, so Loop Hero. Um, funny thing about that game though, is that, you know, the, the game isn't very, well, I guess, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of systems going on in the game, but as far as like the requirements from your computer are not that much, but this game definitely has me looking into uh, upgrading my machine, um, which which is long overdue because, like I said, this the laptop I have used maybe a couple times a year um, for super rare occasions, and so the laptop, my laptop is already like you know five six years old, and so you know it's it's been fine for the little things I've been doing over the years, but you know with me wanting to start dabbling a little bit more in games and now me doing. This podcast stuff, definitely something I know need to look into getting that upgraded and then eventually just building me out, make custom high-end PC as well. But, but yeah, so that was another part of my weekend is kind of shopping around, looking around, just kind of pricing laptops and stuff and just seeing, you know, kind of, you know, trying to get a feel for the market and just uh, getting prepared for that eventual purchase. So, yeah. Um, another game I want to kind of talk about is a game that's coming out at the beginning of April. It's called Outriders. Um, you may, you may or may not have heard of it. It's a third person, I guess what they call looter shooter type of game. Uh, you can have up to three people in your party, I believe three or four, or you can play solo. Um, I'm primarily playing it solo. Um. I guess I'll back up. So there's a demo for the game out on pretty much every device at the moment. PS4, PS5, all the Xbox systems, and PC. So I've been playing it on my PS5. Uh, it's a free demo. Like I said, on, on all those platforms that I named. So go out, check it out. It's pretty much the 
whole introduction level of the game. So you get to play the intro and through a handful of story missions and several side quests as well. And all of your prog progress and characters and stuff will carry over into the full game. So, so yeah, so this game is made by a studio called People Can Fly. You may have heard of that name before because they worked on a game several years back called Bulletstorm. And then they also worked on Gears of War Judgment. Now, the game itself, I would say it's a mixture of a Gears of War slash Division style gameplay along with a little bit of a... Uh, destiny when it comes to like some of the special powers and stuff that you have so there are four character classes and each of them have kind of like an elemental style ability so there is my favorite class the trickster which you deal with manipulating time so to speak so like a few of the abilities is you can kind of teleport behind an enemy you have this kind of like time or like it's like like a void blade or whatever it's called temporal blade to where when you slash through enemies, you literally see their body decompose into nothing but bones and then, you know, they die. And then another main ability is that you can kind of like run into this group of enemies, pop this giant time bubble and everything within that bubble is slowed down. It's very cool to look at. Um, so like when enemies or whoever is shooting as the bullets come in and when they, you know, they come in at normal speed, but as they enter the bullet, the bubble, I mean, you'll see all these bullets just floating through the air in slowed time. So very cool. But yeah, that's one of the class, uh, trickster, um, pyromancer is another one. As the name suggests, you deal with a lot of flaming abilities, um, like send like, send like this, like trail of fire, That'll shoot an enemy up into the air and they'll explode. Uh, one of the other classes is called Devastator. That one deals kind of more in earth and rocks. So you'll kind of like slam on the ground and like a wave of rocks or earth will kind of travel through the ground and hit a wave of enemies. Um, one of the other cool abilities that you have is that you can kind of like float up into the air, pick a target, and then kind of just like come crashing down like a meteor. And then the fourth class is called Techromancer. So that one is kind of the more, I guess like ranged ability class because you are throwing out turrets and different gadgets like that. And those gadgets are kind of ice based. So um, they ended up not being the class I was too fond of, but luckily one of my close buddies, that ended up being his favorite class. So when we had teamed up a couple weeks ago, we found out that the classes that I loved, he didn't like and vice versa. So that ended up working out in our favor. So we kind of work and play off of each other in that sense. So, uh, so yeah, I'm very excited for this game. Um, like I said, the, the demo is cool. Dumped so much time into the demo because I've I literally tried out all four classes, um, played all four classes, I think, to max. And just kept grinding through. I know it's several people that have put in like over 50, 100 hours into this demo. Um, I myself, I've put in 
you know, at least double digits into this demo, which I think is a testament to my excitement for it because going in before this demo, honestly, I had little to no interest in the game. Um, just because, you know, I didn't really know much about it. Um, that first initial trailer that they put out for like a year, a couple years back, uh, didn't really catch my attention. Um, and so, yeah, so I was honestly just going to you know, pass up on it. But when they were like, hey, free demo, I was okay, cool. You know, doesn't hurt to try it. And I'm glad I did because I am overly excited for it. And so that, that demo alone sold me on the game. And so, uh, yeah, very much looking forward to diving into that when that comes out at the beginning of April, uh, April 1st, matter of fact. So I'll definitely be talking more about that in the coming weeks as we get close to that launch. So look forward to it. Now, also, since we're on the topic of discussing games and stuff, um, I guess I'll give a little rundown of my current lineup of game systems in my house at the moment. So as mentioned previously, I have a PlayStation 5, I have a PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and we have about four Xbox Ones. <laughs> now you're probably wondering like, why the heck do you have four Xboxes in one house? So the X, so with the Xboxes, it's mainly my wife and the kids, um, at least well, the older four kids. Uh, me and my wife has always have always had this kind of funny back and forth because you know she. You know, we, we both play on everything, of course, but, you know, when we met several years back, we had kind of a little funny back and forth because she primarily plays on Xbox. I primarily, primarily play on PlayStation. And so, you know, she would kind of, you know, give a, a little victory cheer whenever, you know, one of the kids was like, hey, I want an Xbox. I want to play on the Xbox. Da, da, da. And she was like, ha ha. I'm like, hey. That's fine by me because it means less the dad has to share, <laughs> you know. So, uh, so yeah, so that, that's kind of our current lineup. Uh, and, you know, like I said, with, with us having five kids, that's why we have so many devices. Now, you know, when, when all the kids were younger, everybody was sharing. Not all of them were into games like that. Um, our oldest boy. He had always been kind of into games before everybody else. So, you know, he's been playing for a long time. But in the last few years, um, everybody's gotten on board. So it went from being just my my oldest boy and my middle boy were the main ones for a couple of years. And then my twin daughters slowly start, started getting into it. And of course, you know, the main catalyst for all this was Fortnite. <laughs> all the kids love Fortnite. So, so yeah, so, you know, they, at one point in time, they were borrowing my Nintendo Switch so they could have enough devices for everybody. And so slowly over time, you know, we started getting them their own, got one of the boys, the Xbox, and then I think... My wife's grandparents got the oldest boy one for Christmas a couple few years back. And then a year, a couple years ago, 
I had upgraded my wife's Xbox One to a uh, to a Xbox One X, and so when I did that, that freed up her old Xbox to go to one of the kids. So, so yeah, so now, you know, we kind of have everything spread out across the house. You know, the boys have one in their room, girls have one in their room, I have one in the living room, and then me and my wife have our stuff in our room. So. We kind of have a uh, a unique setup uh, in our room that a lot of people probably have, you no know, like in their den or game room or living room or whatever. But in our bedroom, we have two TVs just because me and her are so big on gaming and media and stuff. We knew out the gate that, hey, uh, us sharing a TV isn't going to work because, <laughs> hey, because even before I'm know met her i was rocking multiple tvs in my own little apartment and stuff so so yeah so yeah so i have my little my tv on one side of the room with my ps5 and she has her tv with her xbox so you know we kind of we can all kind of coexist um in in this household so um so yeah so i guess let's switch on over to talking about some manga Manga time. So, uh, guess I'll start off with kind of going over what series I am currently reading, um, and I'll cover everything from stuff that I keep up with religiously to some stuff I'm kind of you know let a few chapters build up on, and then some stuff that I'm reading through for the first time. So, the primary series that I look forward to every week that, hey, no matter what, when it comes to the weekend, my wife knows, hey, <laughs> leave me alone Sunday morning, especially when we start getting around noontime, because it's when new manga chapters drop out, and that's what I'm going to be busy doing or trying to do. So, currently keeping up with One Piece, My Hero Academia. Jujutsu Kaisen, Dr. Stone, and a couple other ones that I kind of, you know, I might let a couple chapters build up on is a couple of some newer series that I just, that I started at the end of last year, beginning of this year, um, that both just hit their one year anniversaries. And one of them is Mashal, Magic and Muscles. And the other is Undead Unluck. Um, oh, and I guess I've got to mention I'm also, you know, keeping up with Black Clover and My Hero Academia Vigilantes and Kaiju Number Eight and Sakumoto Days and of course Spy Family. So, so yeah, so I keep up with quite a few things. Um, I recently had started reading through Claymore for the first time. Now, I know Claymore is a pretty well-regarded series uh, from back in the day. But, um, yeah, it's just one that just kind of missed my radar for a long time. And so, it's, I saw it was on the uh, Shona Jump app that I have. And so, been kind of chipping away. And reading like at least like a few chapters every couple of days, trying to slowly slowly make my way through it because, you know, the the series overall isn't 
that long. So if I really buckled that, I probably could have you know, knocked it out in a weekend or something. But, you know, just taking my time and enjoying it because it's what it's only 155 chapters. So not that bad, you know, compared to, like I said, some of the series I'm reading now where One Piece is at chapter 1007. My Hero Academia is at 305 <laughs> and so on and so forth. So, yeah, um, couple other series that I need to catch back up on is uh, Kingdom is one and the other one is Solo Leveling. So, yeah, lots and lots of stuff. I'm, you know, constantly reading and and keeping up with. But, um, but yeah, One Piece, My Hero, Jujutsu Kaisen, Dr. Stone are kind of my my primary pillars at the moment. So yeah, so let, let's actually get into some more specific talk about some of this stuff. Let's talk My Hero Academia. My Hero Academia manga chapter 305. So here's your first spoiler warning. If you are not caught up to My Hero Academia manga chapter 305, Back out, pause, skip ahead, some, because <laughs> I'm about to get into it. So, so yeah, so this week, we're still following Deku, who, you know, just to recap in case, hey, you've forgotten or whatever, you know, Deku still in the coma after the war arc, and he is having a talk with all the vestiges. So, at the end of last chapter, you know, we kind of got the first real full look at everybody inside of the vestige world. And so, you know, had this very awesome shot of all the previous predecessors for One for All sitting in this kind of semicircle and these kind of really cool, like really nice chairs. But the second and third holders were standing in the back facing the wall. So, you know, very odd stuff. And so, you know, kind of had a introduction to the fourth user who, you know, Deku just unlocked his quirk, Danger Sense. So, like I so said, just, just kind of recapping the last chapter or so, because it was very awesome, some very fascinating stuff. So, so yeah, so we kind of learned last chapter in 304 that the fourth user is the person that's had one for all for the second longest out of all of the previous eight predecessors. So he held the quirk for 18 years. And so, and with that, then we, you know, then until learned that All Might, you know, had uh, held the quirk the longest. All Might held it for 40 years. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but that, shocks me that that amount of time not no not that he held it the longest but just with that having a actual concrete number to go along with that because honestly I don't know I, I've always just thought that all might was maybe you know his you know late 30s may, maybe 40s at the at the oldest but with us learning that he held one for all for 40 years and we know that he got it somewhere between the ages of, 
15 to 18 because that's when he was a, you know, that that's when he was working with Nana um, and trying to be a hero. So that would put him, you know, somewhere in the ballpark between mid to late 50s. So All Might is almost, you know, it's knocking on being 60 years old. So so, so that, that stuff was fascinating to learn. You know, and like I said, kind of just getting a chance to kind of see all of the previous one for all users and seeing them all interact and work together and stuff. And, you know, kind of basically learning that the quirk one for all is truly meant to be held by somebody who doesn't have a quirk because the analogy that they were using was, you know, somebody that already had a quirk is basically like somebody that already has a glass with water. And so you adding in one for all and all these other quirks, you know, the cup starts spilling over, it starts cracking and things of that nature. So with all my being quirkless as well, he truly got to make one for all his. And so, you know, that whole discussion was very fascinating and stuff. So, but, you know, kind of kind of skipping to, you know, the current state of affairs in 305. So at the end of last chapter, Nana just shows up and is like, hey, Deku, can you kill my grandson? Can you kill Sugar Rocky? And so, you know, it's like, whoa, OK, you just kind of you know coming up kind of blunt and straight to the point. But we learned, you know, through this chapter that. It was more of a question of Deku's resolve and his will. It's you know wasn't necessarily like, hey, this is a request to kill her grandson, but just more of a, hey, if you're put in a situation to where that is what needs to be done, can you do it? And so, yeah, we we had this very fascinating back and forth with a lot of the other. Uh, predecessors and you know talking about you know the way that they've been able to you know basically survive and keep going all this long was because they all had a strong will and so the I believe it was the fifth and sixth users said that all for one tried to steal one for all from them multiple times each but of course you know they were able to uh you know hold them off or to resist but you know they know with how emotional Deku is they're wondering like hey would you have that same resolve and stuff like that and so you know Deku then kind of gets into talking about how you know basically he doesn't know how he will react in that moment. Like if that moment comes, he hasn't really thought about that yet. He doesn't know, but he said that he wants to at least try to save Shigaraki. Now, of course, you know, Nana and a lot of the other predecessors was like, well, during that moment, you know, back when, when Deku was fighting Shigaraki in the war, they had that moment where all for one, basically, invaded the vestige world and Deku saw what's, what looked like Shigaraki in distress, like he was calling out for help. 
And so Deku was saying that from his point of view during that moment, he saw Shigaraki's basically his like childlike essence, so to speak, uh, you know, kind of in there looking scared and helpless. And so he said that he wants to do or at least try to do his best to to save Shigaraki. And so basically, you know, it's kind of a, a thing to where Deku isn't necessarily saying that, hey, killing is off the table, but that's also not his, you know, that's not going to be his first and go-to option if they, you know, meet again. But, you know, we, you know, having some very touching moments and, you know, Nana saying that, you know, she, she feels shameful having to ask a 16-year-old kid to basically clean up a mess that she made by, you know, her having to give up her son in order to what she thought would be to protect them. But now, you know, the resentment that her son had for her, you know, trickled down to the abuse that Shigaraki got as a kid. And now it's come full circle to where it's like, okay, now this guy's a problem. And so, you know, they're basically all saying, hey, we need to figure out a way to to deal with this. And so, so yeah, so they, they you know, agree with Deku, like, hey, okay, you know, we'll, we'll trust you to to do this. And, you know, the, this all this questioning, you know, was kind of more of a, of a test of resolve because Deku does have a moment where he kind of thinks back to a lot of his previous fights that he had with people like Muscular and Overhaul and Stain and talking about how, you know, with most of them, they wouldn't back down. So fighting was the only option. But he also reflects on the situation he had with Gentle during the school festival and how them getting a chance to talk, you know, ended up working out that situation and stuff. So, so yeah, so Deku said he's going to do his best to try to, you know, reach out to Shigaraki and save him. But, you know, we'll see where, where things go from there. And then, you know, we get this very cool tease at the end of the chapter with the first user of One For All talking to the second and third users that are still, you know, standing facing the wall. And basically he's telling them like, hey, it's time for y'all two to play nice because Deku, our new successor, is going to need y'all's help to help to basically to fully unleash his power. So kind of discussing that a bit, I'm very excited and curious to learn more about these two guys. Um, they have been the biggest mystery out of all the previous predecessors, it's like even though I know, I know we still don't really know everything about. I believe it's the fifth user, the 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 young guy, um, the youngest of the of the users that was killed. Um, we don't know a lot about him, but at least we've seen his full body and stuff. And now we got to hear him talk a little bit this chapter, um, or get some dialogue from him this chapter. But the second and third users. Every time in the past, up until, you know, the, these last few chapters, you know, they've always been obscured. They've always been shrouded in, you know, just black mist or just a silhouette in the background or whatever. And and even now, you know, they're 
turned facing the wall, but at least, hey, okay, we have a look of what their clothes and hair and stuff looks like. So I'm definitely looking very forward to seeing what these two guys are about, finding out, you know, their story, their names, what Kirk, what quirks did they have? And then also, of course, hey, why do they not want to play nice? You know, why why are they isolated to themselves? You know, is it a self-imposed thing? You know, so it's it's a, a lot of mysteries, but this is the type of stuff that I love about this series. You know, getting to learn about one for all and the predecessors and, and you know, that the will kept carrying on and getting passed on to the next person so so yeah so definitely very excited for next week to uh check out that new chapter and see what's going on with that next series i'm gonna talk about real quick um is dr stone now this series is, is kind of a tough one for me to like verbally discuss just because you know of all the different scientific intricacies and stuff but the craziness that's going on right now is something that i have to i had to at least mention so once again spoiler warning for dr stone manga chapter 189 um and this chapter is also celebrating the fourth anniversary of the series so dr stone Hanging in there, made it to his fourth year, so congratulations to the series on that milestone. Made it another year, so. Alright, so yeah, so once again, a spoiler warning, Dr. Stone, manga chapter 189 on this fourth anniversary. So, continuing from, you know, the last couple of chapters where Stanley's group, you know, has tracked down, Senku them into the Amazon rainforest and, you know, hot on their trail and man, <laughs> I, I, I know, you know, th this series, I have a feeling, you know, everybody will be okay in the long run, you know, cause Senku always pulls out some crazy plan out of nowhere that ends up saving everybody in the end, you know, cause, cause we've had multiple characters that have, either died or almost died, been on the brink of death, but have, you know, been able to been brought back through either through the, uh, the petrification device or some other scientific thing that Senku and crew cooked up. But man, <laughs> these last couple of chapters have been freaking crazy. So, you know, it's like, so, Last week, after Suica them got, you know, captured a couple chapters ago, you know, we had the unexpected team-up of Kohaku, Sukasa, and Hyoga. Pretty much three of the strongest characters um, on our team, and that have pretty much come across the series thus far, for the most part. Um... Uh, Man, last week, all three of them got taken out, man. Like, I think out of all three of them, I, th I think Kohaku has the biggest chance of being okay. But, man, like, Hyoga and Sukasa got, like, 
gunned down, you know, so that was some, some major craziness. So if, if, if they're going to come back, I don't know how, but like I said, hey, there's been some crazy stuff happening in the series, but so yeah, so, you know, that, that's the crazy cliffhanger we got last week. And then today in this chapter, we have freaking Taiju and was it Ryu Sweet, the ship guy, both taken out. It's like I, I believe Taiju got hit with a freaking cannonball or some other crazy thing. I'm, I'm kind of scrolling through the chapter right now, um, just kind of looking through this again. Let's see. Yeah. Or, or machine gun, something. It, it basically was a big explosion. And like his whole chest area is just gone. And then, you know, the ship dude, same thing, got hit right in the chest with a big explosive or a big, you know, gunshot or whatever. And so, so yeah, so <laughs> things are looking super dire and super dark unexpectedly, you know, from the series. You know, cause, you know like I said, you know, there, there have been times and moments where, you know, characters have been in some bad shapes, but man, it's like, it's like they mowing down characters left and right. Like, like this is a berserk <laughs> or something, man. So, so yeah, so curious to see where this craziness is going to go and, and how hopefully Senku comes up with a plan to get, to get them out of this because man, it's looking pretty dire at the moment. One Piece, One Piece manga chapter 1007, titled Mr. Raccoon Dog, or in Japanese, Tanuki. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, we're picking up from last chapter where we got to see old man Hiyogoro going off. After he, you know, kind of got inf infected with the ice only virus. And so, you know, majority of this chapter, we had this kind of like back and forth with, you know, him telling his, his fellow samurai to cut him down before he fully turns into Oni. And them saying, boss, I can't do it. And yada, yada, yada. And, you know, as many of us expected, he didn't turn our boy Dr. Tony Tony Chopper came through clutch last minute as many of us as many of us expected him to with a cure for Queen's virus that he deployed. So Chopper comes through and he ends up deploying the counter virus, so to speak, in the form of a mist. That way, you know, it can kind of cover a lot of the battlefield and help cure, you know, several people at once versus because obviously, you know, as Queen mentioned, it would be near impossible to cure hundreds, if not thousands of people that are infected, you know, one at a time with individual injections. So Dr. Tony Chopper came up with a mist form to take care of it so so yeah so chopper comes in doing what he does saves everybody you know we did, did kind of get a little moment where a lot of the 
finer character, like you know, a lot of the gifters and pleasures, you know, questioning Queen and being like, boss, why would you do this to us? Why would you do this to us? Da, 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 da. And basically Queen telling them that because they're, they're expendable, don't care about them. Um, he tells the pleasures that, you know, they had their opportunity to try to get powers from the artificial devil fruits, but failed and they failed. And then with the waiters, he tells them that because the smile factory on punk hazard got destroyed, that of course that means that there is no more smile fruits coming. Thus they will be waiting forever. And instead of them, you know, being just useless people, he's just going to use them to basically, you know, like I said, as fodder. And so a lot of them end up, you know, obviously turning and joining our hero side. And then as Queen tries to go in to attack Chopper, Marco swoops in and holds him back. And tells Chopper to give him a good smack. And so, you know, and, and of course, you know, as as the title of the chapter implies, tons of people all throughout this arc, and especially these last handful of chapters, you know, kept on calling Chopper, you know, uh, Tanuki, Tanuki, Raccoon Dog, whatever. And so Chopper pops a rumble ball and goes monster point and just smacks the crap out of Queen <laughs> and basically tells everybody to, you know, stop calling me a raccoon dog. I'm not a raccoon, a raccoon dog. And we get this, you know, these great shots of everybody with these shocked faces saying, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and so, you know, then we kind of move over and check in with Yamato and Momo and Basically, you know, Momo, you know, feeling a little down and stuff because, you know, all these people are doing all this stuff to try to help him and and honor his father's legacy and so on and so forth. And so, you know, he has a little freak out moment where he turns into a dragon and pops out of Yamato's clothes. And then at the same time, we go back over to our guest at the uh on Onika on Onigashima at the moment, uh CP Zero. And one of the guys just kind of, you know, randomly just brings it up in conversation is like, oh, speaking of Kaido, and he mentions about how one time years back, um when the Navy had Kaido held captive, that Dr. Vegapunk extracted some of Kaido's bloodline elements aka dna and used it to create a artificial devil fruit and many of us remember that the fruit in question is the one that momo ate um and so this this cp0 agent mentions how the fruit was deemed a failure quote unquote and so it was left there on punk hazard but then you know, one of the other guys mentions, like, why are you randomly bringing this up now? And so, you know, because, you know, Punk Hazard was destroyed. And so the guy that's talking says that, well, they discovered, you know, after the fact that there was still an active lab there, which we know is Caesar's lab. 
And he was thinking that basically, oh, it's a good thing that fruit was a failure. So wink, wink, nod, nod. You know, guess we're about to get some uh, some pretty cool epic stuff with Momo. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people over the years have kind of theorized that, um, especially when we especially when we found out that Kaido can't turn into a dragon. So a lot of people had theorized that that fruit may have been created from Kaido. And so now, hey, all these years later, we finally have definitive proof that yes, Momo's current smile fruit is based off of Kaido's DNA. So that's pretty cool. Looking forward to seeing um, where things go with that. And so, <laughs> the biggest stir of the One Piece community this week comes from this the very end of the chapter where we kind of cut over and we see Kenimon and the other scabbers, you know, waking up in the storeroom and trying to figure out, like, what happened, who tended to us, because, you know, a few, few weeks ago, we had this shadowy figure that was, you know, um, in silhouette, as Oda likes to do. Um, that was helping out the samurai and stuff. And so Kawamatsu says that, uh, I think I saw somebody, but the person I saw can't be true because obviously hey, it must have been a dream because who I saw can't possibly be here. And so we end the chapter with somebody that looks like Odin, Kozuki Odin, just show up. At the entrance. Obviously surprising and scaring the heck out of everybody. Now. As I said. Somebody that looks like Odin. Now we, we've had many characters over the series. That you know survived. Some crazy stuff. You know like. Uh, Pale and Alabasta survived. I think it was a nuke. <laughs> or some, some explosion or whatever. And then you know we had. Pound. And Whole Cake Island. You know, the, the last time we saw him, he supposedly got sliced down by oven. But then, you know, earlier in Wano arc, we get a cover story with Pound found floating on the raft. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, now, oh, Pound's A-OK. -okay, so, but Odin's case, it would have to be a major pull for you know, for Oda to explain some way if, if this happened to be the real Odin. Once again, I do not think it is because come on out the dude. <laughs> we saw the dude boiling alive and then he got shot in the head. Kaido shot a bullet straight through the middle of the dude's head and he fell back into the boiling oil and died. So if Oda figures out some way to retcon that or something, I don't know. That would be ridiculous. But, you know, the 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 few theories that are kind of floating around out there, um, you know, one of them is maybe it's Katarina Devon from Blackbeard's crew since we, since we know that she has the, the nine-tailed fox devil fruit, um, mythical fruit. And, you know, because we saw her disguised as Absalom, which we found out, you know, was dead at the time. So... She she's one possible 
potential candidate, but don't don't know 100% for sure, uh, you know, because if, if she is here, then that's some big stuff if, you know, if, if that means Blackbeard's crew is getting involved now, but don't know that. That's just one possibility. Um, another possibility is uh, Onimaru, the little fox that was pretending to be that or that was basically disguised as the the weapon bandit person that was gathering weapons over the years for the samurai um the one that used to you know live with kawamatsu back in the day so you know we know hey okay he can transform so you know that that's another possibility um so yeah so don't know um it sucks, sucks that you know one piece is on break next week but hey it is what it is but you know, just very curious to see where this is going to go and stuff. So, um, oh, and, and, and the other possibility of who this might be or who might be behind this is Conjuro. You know, because we found out um, right before the raid on, on the raid on Onigashima kicked off that, you know, he actually is a good artist because he made a really convincing uh ink clone of himself that was talking and doing everything so it's not out of the realm of possibilities that he might be behind this as well so uh though you know last time we heard that you know kiku had you know took care of him but you know we'll see um where this goes so you know uh, always some exciting stuff to theorize when it comes to one piece <laughs> Well, that's the end of the talk of the manga that at least I kind of wanted to discuss for this episode. But before I leave, uh, something I kind of want to just talk about real quick and kind of really didn't come up until I was kind of, you know, recording this episode and just kind of going through things and thinking back. And so I figured it would be kind of cool for me to kind of discuss a series that I guess I don't often think about like how much impact it did have on me and, you know, getting me into different aspects of anime and manga. And that series is Naruto. Um, yeah. Uh, so Naruto is a series, you know, I, I don't have it listed on like, you know, any of like my all time favorite list or anything like that you know I, I have you know I've enjoyed the series a lot you know seen it all read it all but I guess it's not until I actually sit back and reflect on it that I realized the impact that that series had on me and as far as like opening up doors of you know getting me into other aspects of of anime and manga like reading sub or watching subtitled anime and then reading manga naruto is a series that got me into all of that stuff so growing up um i guess i guess naruto would have been way when i was middle school going into high school so only way i had access to naruto was watching it watching it on toonami and then I think at one point in time, I think I was buying some of the DVDs at the time, but but primarily I watched Naruto on TV, 
every weekend, every Saturday. Uh, and so as time went on, when I, I definitely remember when I got into high school. So I didn't have a computer or access to a computer at home growing up. So I either, you know, did it at school or went down to the little to, to our community library and got got on a computer there um or you know uh, got on the wi-fi i should say um in later years but yeah naruto so i remember like i said i believe i was in high school when i even found out that subtitle anime was even a thing you know, it's it's like you know. Obviously, I knew you know that that you know obviously that the series was in Japanese originally, before it got here. But I didn't really know or understand the whole concept of this whole, you know, dubbed and subbed and translation and all that stuff and how all that stuff really worked or whatever. But I remember kind of getting tired and anxious of like, man. I'm ready for some more Naruto. I'm ready to find out what's going on, going on in the next episode. And so I remember. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember which happened first. Was it either at school or was it when I was in my uncle's house? I think it was at school. Um, but. So I remember. Looking up Naruto online. And just kind of looking at the episode count and seeing where the show was on TV and then seeing that, hey, in Japan, they were like <laughs> way ahead, especially, you know, when, when you look at like the release year of like, hey, the episode you're on, you know, just came out that this year, but it aired in Japan like, you know, two years ago or whatever. And that was mind-boggling for me, you know, as a teenager in, like I believe, high school. And so, it started me going down this rabbit hole of like, okay, well, how do I get my hands on this? How, how do I watch this? And so, I think I think before, shoot, because was YouTube really, yeah, yeah, YouTube was around then. So the very early stages of YouTube when, you know, deep cut for some some of y'all that remember anime, you know, but before we had the the plentiful bounty of all these streaming sites we have now, like Crunchyroll and Funimation and Amazon and Netflix and Hulu and HBO and so on and so forth. Before we had all that, it was really, hey, either you caught it on TV or you're somewhere on the dark web and <laughs> the, 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 the deep bowels of the internet hunting and searching for stuff. And so I definitely remember times of, you know, Naruto and some series having to watch these multi-segmented videos. Cause you know, at one point in time, you know, before now where, you know, people can load up hours and hours of video onto YouTube, they only allow you know, like a certain time count. And so, You'd be watching, all right, let's watch Naruto episode, you know, part one of five. And so you're watching all these segmented, chopped up parts and pieces of an episode. But, but yeah, that was my 
my first introduction to subtitled anime. Um, definitely was, you know, kind of tough to get into at first, but hey, I'm definitely glad I got into it because, you know, it, like I said, it opened up the door for me to see and experience so many other series. And then, you know, fast forward a bit. And once again, Naruto got me into manga. So, you know, I I got to the point where I was like, okay, hey, I got access to watching the subtitle episodes. And then I hit that block again to where I'm like, crap. Now, not only am I caught up with the dub and I jumped to, jumped to sub. And so, yeah, so got caught up with subs. And then <laughs> here I am again trying to figure out, like, okay, let's research Naruto. And then... Finding out that, okay, this episode is with this chapter. And once again, there's a gap. It's like, oh, cool. Now here we go. There's tons of chapters ahead. So, started reading Naruto. Uh, I'm trying to remember, I think it was Naruto or I think it was, I had found a manga volume at a bookstore, library or something. And... That uh, you no, know, that was my first experience with that stuff, and so as most people do, your first time holding a manga, you're gonna try to read it the way you read all your books, you know, left to right. And so I remember, uh, I don't remember what scene it was, but I, th I think I think it was definitely a, a action chapter or something. But I remember reading it left to right and then after a while I was like this is weird I was like it seems like stuff is happening in reverse it's, and so you know I took pause and I stopped and I looked at it and then that's when I realized you know and then, then I was like you know something in my mind was like flip it over <laughs> And try it the other way. And then I saw that, oh, hey, the story and the action and everything is flowing in a progressive manner. And boom, I'm open up to the world of manga now. <laughs> you know, and once again, thank you, Naruto. So, um, so yeah, so. Yeah, Naruto, man. Um, a series, like I said, I don't really, I don't really think about it that way and hold it up in as high a regard personally as I do, you know, some of the stuff, you know, that's listed as like some of my all time favorites, like Full Metal Alchemist and Trigun and stuff like that. But as I said, you know, as I sit here, you know, was recording this stuff and, and just kind of thinking back and reflecting and then it's like, dang, okay. Yeah. Naruto played a big, role and kind of opening up the doorway and and being good enough for me to be interested in like man I need to find and seek out more of this stuff so um so yeah but you know nowadays that we have such quick and easy access to all this stuff you know I you know have the I have the Shonen Jump app on my phone and so have access to Hundreds of series, thousands of manga chapters at the at the touch of my finger. 
you know, no, no more having to, to dig around the web. Um, as much as I used to, of course, you know, there's still a lot of series that haven't been officially licensed outside of Japan or, or that are very rare and hard to find. So of course, you know, still might have to, you know, search online and stuff to find them. But, um, but yeah, so thank you, Naruto. And thank you, uh, to his creator, Kishimoto. That's going to wrap things up for this episode of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Had a, had a lot of fun doing this one. Talking about my current obsession with Loop Hero, my anticipation for Outriders, sharing my Sunday ritual of reading One Piece and My Hero Academia and Dr. Stone and so on and so forth. So, if you listen to this for the first time or you call last episode thanks for your time thanks for listening you can follow me on twitter at mastermindrob7 you can email me at dnttpodcast at gmail.com thanks again to rifty beats for the music and as always be kind treat yourself to something nice every now and then read manga and I'll catch y'all in the next one bye peace